President Joe Biden announcing his administration will impose, quote, major sanctions to hold Russia accountable for the death of his opposition uh, foe, Alexei Navalny. We're joined on the line by Chris Wotowitz. He is with the Small Business Development Center, and he's with us this afternoon. Chris, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, John. Thanks for the opportunity. So, Chris, I, I hear this headline and I read things and it says we're going to impose major sanctions. Haven't we been imposing major sanctions or do we just hold sanctions back for the next time that knucklehead does something really naughty and really bad? And we go, oh, yeah, we also got this one. Why, why, are, why are there still sanctions available? Can you explain that scenario for us? Well, absolutely. You know, uh, sanctions, of course, we've been we've been sanctioning Russia. Uh, I think back since about 2014 when they uh, decided to go after uh, the Crimean region of the Ukraine. And we don't necessarily hold back, but, yeah, we kind of do in some cases. Uh, Look, um, maybe it would help the audience, John, that that sanctions can either either be comprehensive or they can be selecting or selective. You know, that means... uh, uh, Basically, using the blocking of assets, trade restrictions, any of that kind of stuff to uh, to accomplish foreign policy and current national security goals. So in the past, Wisconsin companies like Harley-Davidson and others have been hurt by sanctions because they want some of our product in America, and some of that comes from Wisconsin. The impact on Wisconsin businesses when we sanction Russia, is there a way to quantify that? Well, we take a look at uh, census data, you know, that tells us, you know, um, in 2019, 2020, 2022, or whatever year, you know, we can say that we've done, you know, $100 million worth of business uh, back and forth with Russia. Now, don't quote me on that. These are just just some ideas in my head. But, you know, I think somewhere uh, down the line, Russia is our 35th uh, largest trading partner. But you know, you're, you're absolutely right. When, when things like this happen, uh, it's not, not just the big companies that, that suffer, it's the little ones too. So, Explain that. Give us some examples. Like how, how if I manufacture sure. something in Wisconsin or I farm something in Wisconsin, am I hurt by the right. latest round of sanctions? Well, there are, let's we'll talk about the negative impacts. I want to say there's some positive too, but on the negative side, it's, it's basically lost business opportunities. You know, Wisconsin companies are restricted from doing uh, business with specific Russian entities or individuals. Uh, you know, that could lead to lost revenue or even market share. Um, you know, obviously, if, if if a Wisconsin or a U.S. player is is not in the Russian market, somebody else is filling that void. Um, we look at increased compliance costs. Uh, the onus is on the U.S. company, and you know, in our case, the Wisconsin company, to uh, invest those resources in understanding and complying, complying with you know complex uh, and, of course, ever evolving sanctions uh, regimes that that can be very expensive and time consuming. You you have to know who you're doing business with. Um, you know, lastly, there could be some reputational risks. You know, if if all of a sudden we're uh, shipping product over to Russia, and you know that's found out, um, you know what 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 negative impact could that have on your business? 
We're talking with Chris <clears throat> Watowitz, who is, uh, among other things, an international trade consultant. And Chris, as you see that the two-year anniversary of the invasion of Ukraine is coming up, and that's where these sanctions are being suggested to use for pressure, is this something you would advise if you were advising members of Congress? Well, you know, uh, that, that's, <laughs> that's a little outside of my wheelhouse. But, uh, you know, we've already issued a, a wide array of sanctions uh, on Russia. Uh, February 2022, I think, is when we, we laid out the last ones. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know. Russia hasn't really changed its behavior uh, in response to any sanctions, uh, and that may be for a number of reasons. You know, uh, it, it seems obvious to me that Russian policymakers might be willing to incur the cost of sanctions, whether on their national economy or on their own personal wealth, uh, in, in, in furtherance of Russia's foreign policy goals. So, you know, I don't know what to say. The sanctions don't seem to uh, have that intended effect. Um, you know, the Russians seem to be rallying around their own flag, if you will, uh, or, or maybe their own sense of uh, self-preservation. So um, at, at this point, my own personal opinion, of course, is just that they don't seem to be having the effect that, that was intended. Is it more effective if we target the rich people who prop him up like the oligarchs and we seize their yachts and they can't go to their summer home in the south of France, then if we don't send Harleys or wheat or other thing that primarily impact working people in Russia? Well, that has consequences as well, because remember, if we do it to them, they can do it to us. Um, and you've seen some some of that in the, uh, in the news this week with... Uh, you know, there was, a, a, I believe, a young lady who was a ballerina who had donated to the Ukraine fund in Los Angeles. She goes back to Russia, and now they've got her on charges of being a spy. Um, that's it, it just gets out of hand at some point. I see reports all the time, Chris, about goods that are not allowed in Russia or Syria or Iran and then they end up being sold there. How, how does that happen? How does that work? Well, the these these countries, uh, Iran, uh, North Korea, especially, they have a very complex network of companies and people who will go out with their shopping list and go find these products. Uh, perhaps in the in the case of North Korea, for example, you know they. They could be purchasing things in in Singapore, or uh, they could be purchasing them in in China, and all of a sudden they get shipped there. Uh, in, in, in other words, a lot of the just because the United States doesn't like a country doesn't mean another country uh, doesn't have a, an adverse relationship with them. Uh, and that stuff again is is is, is done on uh, done on the sly or done on the on the down low, so to speak. So, Chris, you mentioned that the sanctions don't seem to have changed their behavior, but when they don't have access to the, our banking system, when they can't trade in U.S. dollars, that sort of thing, does it hurt them, even if it hasn't outwardly changed their behavior? Are they being hurt by the sanctions? I would say they are in the sense that they're not allowed to trade on the U.S. in the, in the U.S. financial system. 
Um, that doesn't mean that they can't trade in the in somebody else's. However, it just gets more difficult. Um, a lot of countries don't have a lot of uh, foreign uh, currency uh, reserves. Uh, I think it's been it's been told or reported that uh, Russia was uh, relatively low on some of their reserves, and the ruble isn't isn't necessarily uh, or easily convertible on on the foreign market. So, you know, they would have to use rubles to perhaps purchase dollars or euros in, in order to trade. So it, it becomes much more costly for them and much more cumbersome. Chris Wotowitz is an international trade consultant. Thank you so much for your expertise. We appreciate it, Chris. Uh, thank you, John, for the opportunity. And uh, you know, let us know how we can help out.